Support for this podcast is provided by Cressa. Cressa is the occupier's champion, the world's premier corporate real estate advisory firm, exclusively serving startup businesses and major global organizations alike. As a Portland pillar for over 25 years, Cressa partners with its clients throughout the entire project lifecycle, from workplace strategy and discovery through the deal transaction and project management delivery of space. Cressa partners without conflict and applies integrated expertise to make your business better. Go to cressa.com Portland to connect with the Portland advisory team. From that cast creative, I'm Dan Bruton, and this is the PDX Executive Podcast. A show where I talk with inspiring leaders who are shaping the future of Portland, Oregon. Every week, I sit down with business executives, startup founders, and community leaders to dive into their career journey and get insights into the impactful work they're doing in our slice of the great Pacific Northwest. Hey everyone, thanks for listening to PDX Executive Podcast. If you're like me, this COVID uh, situation has really got you outdoors a lot. I think this summer I went camping more than I have in the past 10 years. Um, I've been in Portland about 15 years. I remember when I first moved here, I went down to Pals and got like a 500 page book on the different campgrounds in Oregon. And so that's why I'm really excited to have my next guest, uh, Sarah Smith, who's a co-founder and chief product officer for The Dirt. Welcome, Sarah. Well, thank you, Dan. Thank you. Yeah, I, I, I love your site. I love the company. I'm really just, I wanted to have you on um, as someone who loves the outdoors and to learn about your story. And so for the folks who don't know about, um, you know, the company, uh, I, I know this is a big question. I always start off with, uh, can you tell a little bit about yourself and just uh, what the dirt is? Yeah, sure. Um, I'd love to. Well, you know, the easiest way to think of the dirt is to think Yelp for camping. That's generally how I describe it to people quickly because mm-hmm. um, it really conjures up an image of what it is. And it truly is a place. It's it's more than that. It's a, it's a place to go um, as a resource for all sorts of camping for people who are trying to figure out where to go camping, um, how to plan the trip camping, maybe even book their camping trip. Um, and we, you know, my husband and I founded it together really because we struggled with trying to find a campground online. Um, it was extremely frustrating. And we realized we were frustrated because we couldn't get the information that we really wanted, which was the information you get when you phone a friend. Like, right. just tell me, tell me where you go. And that's where I want to go. Um, I lo- so yeah. I love that because it is no matter, you know, there's so much stuff online and it's still been a challenge to know like what it's really like, some really good photos, just, and I know you have like a trip planner on your site. So what, um, when did it start? When was the company founded? Yeah, it, it started back in 2013. Okay. Um, so, you know, people think it's, it's pretty new, but it's been around for a while. Yeah. Um, and it was, you know, really to solve this problem and, you know, that it's hard to find a campground online. And we built a couple beta sites early on. It didn't really start getting um, investment money until 2015. Um, and that's when, you know, we started to have a product that people recognize a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, and then this past year with camping really being the thing that people could do in a socially distanced way, it really um, took off for us. Um, kind of not only in combination with that, but we released um, a new part of our product, which is our, our pro offering 
um, which I can tell you more about, but that actually also took off this summer. So it was kind of those two things at the same time. I love that. Yeah. I want to get into that about the pro offering. So you started in 2013 and you had some beta sites. When was it? It sounds like 2015 you raised money, but when was it just you and your husband like, okay, this is real. We want to get some outside funding. What was that decision like? And, um, and just jumping all the way in. Cause yeah, uh, I think it's a great a, idea. That's a great question. Um, you know, it happened in steps. Um, the first beta that we built, it was just a really simple WordPress site. Um, and to, we didn't have a database of campgrounds or anything. You yeah. would just email me the name of the campground, your review of it, four photos and a video imagine trying to do that now (laughs) um and then i would put it up as a blog post and i will never forget the first time a stranger someone who was not my friend was not a family member sent me something and running downstairs to kevin and screaming we we've got a stranger (laughs) (laughs) you know and i mean now we have over you know 1.5 million reviews photos tips of campgrounds on our site but it's still it's that very first one that you remember so well. So that that was a pivotal time. And then um, in 2015, I went, um, Kevin was still working a, a full-time job and I was doing the dirt full-time. Um, I went to Telluride, Colorado for six months. Um, they had an accelerator there for companies in the outdoor space. Mm. Um, so I spent six months there kind of honing the business plan and learning how to do pitches and all of that sort of thing. And then um, in 2015 is when Kevin joined me full time on the dirt and we really truly jumped off, you know, no income family, um, yeah. put everything we had into this business. So that was the leap. What was the accelerator like? Cause I mean, there's a lot of different types of accelerators. Um, I know we have, you know, some here and they're called different things. Um, how was this specific program you're in as a cohort with different companies? How was your experience doing that? It, for me, it was incredible. Um, unlike Kevin, who's like a serial entrepreneur, I'm not. I always tell people I'm a non-entrepreneur. I have this one idea I believe in really passionately. Um, I don't have a million more after this, so this one better work. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it, it's, it was really pivotal in helping me become more confident in um, founding a company out of nothing, building something from scratch. Right. Made a gr- lot of really great contacts there in the outdoor industry. A lot of, a lot of people in the outdoor industry um, have, have homes in Telluride. And so we, it was some really great networking hmm. that really has, you know, lasted un- until now. So yeah. it, it was great for us. How, and then how was the fundraising process? And that's something I want to get into if you're comfortable, you know, just talking about a little bit, you know, we're here in Portland and so many great startups and, you know, some more investment going on. So I'm curious to see, you know, how that process was for for you. Yeah. We just were um, just closing our series A right now. So thank you. Yes. It feels great. Um, So, you know, we've gone through fundraising a couple different times now and we've, we've had a lot of success here in Portland raising Mm -hmm. money. Um, You know, I, I've, it's, it's been a good experience for, for us. Um, You know, we've raised money, you know, from Telluride and other places as well, but the bulk of the money we've raised is, is Portland based. I love that. Yeah. I love that. And there's some great investors here. I think someone who mutually uh, we know who introduced us uh, is a yeah. great one of the great ones. Yeah, in the tent. definitely. So, yep. um, 
So yeah, we'll talk about, I'm a little all over the place, but I hope that's okay. Uh, during COVID, like you said, you know, getting outdoors is one of the few safe things people, you know, feel comfortable doing. And Mm -hmm. I I definitely had the same experience with that this summer. So were you surprised to see your, your site just kind of explode with different views and visitors or um, were you ready for it or? Um, we, you know, we had hoped for a good summer anyway, because of the, the new products that we had built, yeah. the new features. Um, so we, we had hoped for a good summer, but never could have anticipated what ended up happening. Um, and so many people having to cancel their plans to travel abroad or travel wherever and get, mm-hmm. you know, getting on airplanes wasn't a good idea. Um, so we were, we were fortunate in that timing you know very unfortunate for a lot of other reasons but Mm -hmm. as a business it was good for us um and yeah it it corresponded nicely with some of the new features that came out in the dirt pro you know previously with the dirt the really the main focus of what the dirt is all about is ratings and reviews photos videos to help you make a decision about where to go camping um, but with the Dirt Pro, what we just launched this past February, right before COVID hit, um, it's, it's, it has to do with tools and discounts. So mm. it's our, our first step into a paid subscription model. Mm. Um, and the things that, that users get, I think, really correspond in nicely with, well, not nicely, but it, it kind of fit in with what was happening um, as far as COVID at that time. Because, you know, one of the main features is a trip planner. So, um, and that can be a trip within the state that you're in if you're not traveling that far. But, you know, you say, I'm going from, you know, Portland to Ashland and I want to drive just a couple hours a day. Show me all the campgrounds along the route um, and show me where the gas stations are. Um, Of course, you know, you have people, a million Americans who live full-time in their RVs, so they're Mm. always using things like trip planners to help them find the best campgrounds and plan the best route for them. It's surprising how hard, and I'm so glad you you rolled this out, because how hard it is to plan a camping trip to know where all those things are and get all the reviews and the RV industry. Uh, that's the thing that's really surprised me is like, you know, it was kind of downward trending for a while. Then obviously this year, it's just like, I see them everywhere. Oh yeah. And so do yes. you, do, do you know, do you have the data on the, the, the mix of RVers versus like tent campers that are backpackers that are using your site or. Um, well, we know, you know, backpackers are people who do backcountry camping. Right. Um, it, that's a very small percentage of people. I think it's about 4% of people. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of our site is really kind of split up between tent campers and not just RV campers, but people who might have some sort of a camper or a van, mm-hmm. um, some sort of a vehicle that they're staying in. We actually just recently got a little camper that we pull behind. Oh, um, fun. Yeah, yeah, it's really super fun. It's really helped us explore places that we wouldn't normally go to, which has been really interesting. Um, so there's a real balance of camper types on our platform. And, uh, you know, our, our vision for the dirt is to be the go-to resource for camping, no matter what kind of camper you are, whether it's glamping, um, tent camping, or, you know, cabin or yeah. a van. Um, yeah. We want, we want to be the place where people go when they need to find something out about camping. So what can you, can you share some of the other things that are on the product ro- roadmap? And if not, just um, 
let's kick around some ideas. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, the Dirt Pro that just came out, that was a really big push and we're really happy about, um, you know, besides the trip planner feature, there's offline capabilities so that, Mm. you know, if you're up in the middle of Mount Hood and the campground you went to is booked or closed Mm. um, and you don't have phone service, you can quickly look at the Dirt and find other options near you. Mm -hmm. Um, so that was part of the dirt pro this past year trip planner. And then these discounts, what we're really focusing on for 2020 is something that we've had at the dirt for a while, but it's never been something we really focused on that strongly. And that's bookings, Mm. um, any sort of camping experience online when you're searching and looking, it's never going to be totally complete until you can actually do the booking right there as well. Um, And so you can do bookings on the dirt. There are private campgrounds um, that we've had relationships with that have, you know, hooked up payment systems and you can book directly on the dirt. Um, But our goal for 2020 is to really expand that. Mm. um, And that we're really excited about that. I think that's a huge opportunity. And I could see it kind of being pretty complex to, you know, partner with the mm-hmm. different because you have the state, federal, f- private campgrounds, and the rise of folks using their land to mm-hmm. have people camp on, right? Yeah. So, yeah. Um, is that going to be integrated too? Like the, the the rise of just hey, I have some land, I'm I come use it to camp or oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, we have those people, they've been reaching out to us for years saying, you know, they don't care where they get their bookings. They, mm-hmm. they may have started out on a different platform. Um, but why would they not list on several platforms? Yeah. So we, you know, we get people joining the dirt who's maybe start out hip camp or on Airbnb. Mm-hmm. Why are you not going to go to the website where you have 12, 12 million people visiting a year? Yeah. Um, you want to go to where the campers are. So a lot, we do have those properties listed already. I will continue to, to list them. Mm-hmm. Um, the thing we're doing in the next um, year will be more integrations too with private campground kind of conglomerates. Okay. So um, private campground networks out there who, where we can tap into their API systems and get mm-hmm. a, lot of, a lot more inventory on our site. Mm-hmm. Um, so that'll be a big focus for the next year. The, the public campgrounds is tricky. Um, you know, the, the rec duck of sort of mm-hmm. campgrounds, the, mm-hmm. the national park, the national forests, those currently don't have any sort of a transactional booking API available for third parties like the okay. dirt. Okay. Um, so we, we always, ha- and you know, we and everyone else always have to send them off um, to finish their booking elsewhere. Yeah. But there, there is talk that that will change eventually. And I'm assuming that's because the federal government's a little behind on the times, maybe. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Not saying make any commentary. Yeah. But <laughs> um, well, I mean, that's really exciting. And and when you look at the makeup of the startups here, you have some really good peers probably in the outdoor industry. And even, you know, obviously like a Vacasa who who I don't know if you tap into just like um you know, they have a robust search engine. I don't even know if they could be a partner or, or, or are you close? Is it a close knit kind of community of those kind of startups here? Um, we definitely are part of a close knit community of startups here. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with Starbucks. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Um, we've been active members of Starbucks for years. I actually used to be on the board. Um, really, really cannot say enough about Starbucks and the fact that I'm pretty sure we would not be in business today had it not been for Starbucks. Wow. 
Mm -hmm. Um, It's such an incredible group to be involved in. And, um, you know, you have founders in that group who are just starting out and you have founders in that group who have experienced a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. So to be able to help mentor the, the newer people and be mentored by the people who've been around longer is super beneficial. Yeah. Um, it's, this is something I've asked before. We had, uh, how's, how's running a startup with your partner? Oh my gosh. That's a great question. <laughs> no, that's, I mean, we have to hit that quite, you know, hit that head on all the time because yeah. people aren't going to give you money, their investment, unless they have some sort of an idea about that question. Um, for me, I cannot imagine not doing this with my husband. Um, I can't imagine a not having a co-founder, but b having a co-founder I trust a hundred percent because I know he and I have the same same goal in mind and our best interest in mind. Right. Um, so I, I know it does not work for everyone. I've seen other startup founders maybe early on in relationships, and I'm like, oh, I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure you know what you're getting into, but. Um, yeah. You know, Kevin and I, we were married, I think, seven years. By the time we did the startup, we had lived in four different countries together and traveled a ton, had moved a ton. So we were were used to living in kind of a state of unknowing, which is what a startup is often. So that helps. Um, What's... How's this been just for you during COVID and all this craziness? And I'm, you know, it sounds like the business is is growing, um, but just as a leader, as a startup founder, yeah, how are you yeah. doing? Yeah, I, I, I mean, it's really bizarre to say, but um, for me and for Kevin, and I think for our entire business, it has been, it's been. I mean, not COVID's not a good thing, but what we've how we've adjusted has been a good thing. Um, we used to be a very, very adamant work from the office, you know, sort of culture, mm. and you know, being forced out of that culture and having everyone work remotely has been amazing for mm. us. Um, our productivity went way up. Everyone's goals got more aligned, and it's it's weird because you wouldn't think it would be like that, but everything became so much easier for us, um, which is odd. I don't think yeah. that's maybe always normal, but. Um, I've been hearing that a lot. Yeah. You know, I think it, it obviously has its unique ses- senses of uh, challenges and the connections are different mm-hmm. um, and keeping that engagement. So, but the, I've heard about just being productive and uh, you know eliminating some of the commutes and all that is 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 great. Yeah. Um, but it sounds like you have a pretty close knit team already. Yeah, yeah, we do, and we've you know we're I think we're at about twenty four people right now. Like oh, I wow. said, we just raised a round of funding, so we're really expanding that team. Um, and lately, some of our most recent hires have not been here in Portland. Um, mm. You know, so having this remote culture has opened up the the pool a little bit, and um, yeah, so it, it's been it's been fun. And it's, we have some employees who are like, "I'm going to go live at my parents in Massachusetts for a while." Um, so, and you're like, sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, well, as long as we can reach you and we yeah. know how to do that. So, <laughs> Yeah, I was just talking to someone else for the podcast about this same topic and about when you hire someone new that you've never met in person and the onboarding process. And it sounds like 
it's been going pretty smooth, but for the, for the person I just talked to, but are you finding the same thing? Like, even though you've never met him in person with all the tools we have now for connection, it's just as good or. I I mean, of course I would, I'm looking forward to the day where we can have everyone together and, um, you know, meet in person. Some of these people that we haven't met in person, um, you know, of course I, I want that to happen as well, but in general, I think this sort of a, of working is way more efficient. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk about Portland just a little bit before uh, we kind of wrap up. Um, I always like to learn how's running a company from Portland. We're, you know, we're not a big city. We're a mid-market town. I always say still, um, what are some of the, just the benefits of starting and running a company here, but maybe some of the challenges you, you see too. Yeah. I mean, I, it's, I think it's been very easy. Um, you know, it's a, it's a, like you said, kind of a smaller city. So mm-hmm. everything seems more manageable. Um, having this network of entrepreneurs, startups and others that I'm a yeah. part of um, really helps, you know, how to navigate everything that you need to, you know, do. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's probably less daunting than it would be in, I don't know, San Francisco or New York. Um, right. Everything just seems a little bit more manageable. Mm. Um, what is, what's, as we last question, what's some advice to some other founders who maybe just are getting going during all this and some, mm. some wisdom you'd like to pass on? Yeah. I mean, I, people always ask me what the hardest part of doing the dirt was. And I'm like, honestly, it was just the very first step of mm. just saying, I am actually going to do this. Um, just do it. You're, you have an, I, re, I remember having the idea of the dirt and saying this to Kevin over and over, someone should do this. Why aren't, why isn't someone doing this? And finally I'm just like, well, I'm just going to do it. And then I sit down and I, with my notepad, I'm like, okay, number one, what do I do? I, you know, what's the first thing I do? Um, so just starting something is really hard. And I feel like 99% of people who have awesome ideas never make it past that first step. So just try um, and see where it takes you. And then as you, as you go, you learn things and you meet people who can help you and it evolves. But, you know, if you don't do that number one thing, that first step of trying, you're never going to get anywhere. So I love that. The art of the start. It's the hardest thing. Yeah. 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 Yes. Uh, Well, Sarah, Sarah, thanks so much for joining the podcast. I'm really excited about the growth of the company and seeing it where it goes. Well, thank you. Yeah. You continue to be a dirt user and get lots of reviews up there and. I will. Yeah. I mean, my son, my son, he's five. We just tore it up camping this summer and now we're, we're eyeing, eyeing a little teardrop trailer. So I'm I'm excited that he's, you know, it's half glamping. I call it. (laughs) Yeah. You have a favorite, favorite camping area around here? We know we just, since he's so young, we, you know, we do the state campgrounds and we just love uh, the beach. We love Cape Lookout. You know, mm-hmm. that's kind of, kind of been our spot, but we've, of course, beautiful. been going to a lot of other ones, but yeah. you know, it's hard to beat the Oregon coast for us. Oh, yeah. Lots of good options. Yeah. Well, th- thank you, Sarah. You're welcome. Thank you. The PDX Executive Podcast is a production of ThatCast, a Portland, Oregon podcast agency that partners with brands to create custom podcasts. You can learn more at thatcast.com. And please take a moment to subscribe and rate the podcast as well.